I don't know, and, and frankly, the whole thing gives me the heebie-jeebies. The Wire. Tefatu Ora has released data showing a sharp increase in what they say are preventable paediatric hospital admissions across Aotearoa over the past year. The rise shows a 30% rise overall, with certain regions and groups disproportionately affected. Child Poverty Action Group has called on the incoming government to address the issues at the root of increasing health issues amongst our tamariki. I spoke to Professor Emeritus of Paediatrics in the University of Auckland's Department of Paediatrics, Ines Asher, who is on the management committee of the Child Poverty Action Group about the data and what these preventable issues are. We also spoke about what CPAG wants to see from the incoming government in order to tackle the issue. So how stark is the rise in preventable paediatric hospital admissions been over the past year, according to Te Whatu Ora data? Uh, it's alarmingly high, 35% increase. And in Auckland, 66% increase, Waitamata, 65% increase. And if, uh, these are awful increases uh, because they tell us about uh, a lot of child suffering, family suffering, and the poor environments in which children are living. And so what are the main factors behind these preventable health issues? Well, we've known about this for a long time because the same thing happened, this happened in 1991 when there were changes in public policy. Uh, and they're quite clear that they're, they're uh, overcrowding, uh, damp, mouldy homes that are also cold in the winter, uh, that poor nutrition, not enough money for the basics, and difficult access to health care. And I think at the moment there's more difficulties accessing a general practitioner than there used to be. Is this an issue that is disproportionately affecting children in specific areas or from specific backgrounds? Oh, yes. Uh, in Auckland, particularly, Waitamata, and also particularly um, Pacific peoples are most appallingly badly affected. Pacific children are particularly badly affected compared to other ethnic groups. What effect does this have on our health system, which we know to be already strained and understaffed? Well, it'll be a lot more, I mean, as these data say, there's 35% more children in the hospital sick. So that's a big impact on our health system. Uh, so it will stress every aspect of the health system through from the emergency department in the, in the hospitals, from the emergency department uh, right you know, through to hospital beds and all the staff and facilities required at those different stages. Also, of course, before the hospital system, the general practitioners that will be contributing to the GP overload for those who get to a GP, uh, contributing to the GP practice overload. Uh, and we know that gen general practices are, are struggling to meet the demands in the community. So it just will contribute to a health system already under great stress. What long-term effects on our tamariki could this have should high paediatric hospital admission rates continue? Oh, we know this because they've been high since 19, the early 1990s, much higher than they were before that. And we know clearly what these uh, what the outcomes are. This can, some of these diseases, the most common respiratory infections can actually cause damage to children's bodies. So we're talking here about naught to four-year-olds, and there's very clear data, there's very clear information in New Zealand that a proportion of these children who have severe lower respiratory tract infections will get permanent lung damage, a condition known as bronchiectasis, which can be lifelong and can shorten 
can cause disability and shorten your life. So this is actually a very, very serious matter. And um, so in addition, of course, everyone's known about rheumatic fever for a long time. It doesn't tend to occur in the very youngest children, 0 to 2, but it can be occurring by 3 or 4 and it might go up to teenage years. And rheumatic fever, of course, damages the heart. So there can be lifelong damages uh, to children's bodies through these preventable diseases. So it's deeply concerning. And I personally have seen children like this over my lifetime, and I've seen the upsurge from the 70s, 80s, uh, when I was first practicing in pediatrics, to the 90s, and there's a huge upsurge of children coming into hospital with these preventable diseases. And that same upsurge is now occurring after the COVID lockdowns, which, of course, did reduce the amount of people in hospital for preventable diseases because of general hygiene measures in the community and in the home. But uh, now that's all released, uh, then um, things are going back to how they... So things are now trending back to where they were. So it's something we're very familiar with. What would the Child Poverty Action Group like to see from a new government to reduce these issues? We'd like to see... uh, factors looking at every aspect of this and we talk about upstream factors and that's what I've been talking about which is what are the factors that make children sick in the first place before they then need to seek medical attention so those are the things that are the absolute priority um, as well as of course shoring up the health system and the number of GPs and access to GPs but the what we call the upstream the things that happen before you get to need to see a GP that make the children sick in the first place. So uh, almost all these things, bugs just love them. So you get into a, children in a, a crowded house and uh, if you get a bug in there, whether it's a skin infection or whether it's a uh, most commonly respiratory infection, it just circulates around the household like wildfire if you're living in crowded conditions. That's where you haven't got enough bathrooms to access to bathrooms and clean linen and so on because you are uh, living in a very crowded place where there's not enough washing facilities. Um, and and so bugs just love this and sweep through. So what we need is enough housing in this country so people are not living in crowded houses. The other thing is that a damp house with mould has been shown to double the rate of hospital admissions and work from um, Wellington uh, Dr Tristram Ingham his his, his group showed uh, the terrible increase in effect of having mould in the home in a very carefully uh, careful scientific study and showed that that increased the numbers of children going into hospital with um, preventable with lower respiratory tract infections so if you just looking at the housing side what we need is every child in this house, in this country to live in a home that is big enough for the family, enough bedrooms, enough space, and that is not mouldy. And also that the family have enough funds to have a bed for every child and to have a circulating clean linen for every child, including towels, and enough money for soap and so on. So... You need enough money in the household to create what we would call the absolute basics of hygiene and health in the house. So we need more, a lot more state houses and the ones that are big enough for bigger families or extended families who want to live together. It, it's not just good enough to have a couple of rooms in the house. We need a, 
We need three, sometimes five bedrooms for Pacific families who culture mandates that they want to be living as an extended family unit. They need bigger houses of up to five bedrooms. So we need to have urgent attention to having enough affordable houses for people in this country. And we're way, 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 way off that. So that's the number one thing. Then in addition, we need to be much more rigorous to be sure all houses are warm and dry and have no mould. And it's very important that we have regulations and legislation that are tough enough to address that. We also need families to have enough money to afford the contents of the house to make them healthy, um, and they need enough money for good, nutritious food. There are so many children in this country whose families are unable to afford healthy food, and not being well-nourished can increase your chances of getting really sick. So... The people, the groups in this country that don't have enough money are families supported by benefits, which despite some increases are still inadequate. Um, They're living in a cost of living crisis all the time. But also the people who are in low paid work, that the minimum wage does not cover your basic cost of living. So if you're on the minimum wage or even just a bit above that, Anything below the living wage, which is about um, $5,000 a year more than the minimum wages, then you don't have enough money to live on. So we need to, we've gone into a low wage economy since the 1991 policy changes when they brought in the Employment Contracts Act. We're one of the lowest wage economies in the Western world. And it's very important that we address incomes of people in low paid work and as well as people who are supported by benefits. Now, in addition, when people are in low-paid work, we need to enable them to, to get into higher-paid work, but there's all sorts of terrible tax uh, obstacles, what are we call clawbacks, poverty traps that enable people to get out of low-paid work into higher-paid work when they can earn enough to live on. And they are very complex and very bad for family health because they provide, mean that you can't get up and step up into an adequate income. So we don't have enough people in this country living on incomes that are adequate enough to live on and that's is a fundamental thing that policies can change it used to be much better in New Zealand in the 1980s up to the 1991 policy changes so there's things we can do there. Do you think the National Party and the ACT Party have outlined and promised enough policy regarding child poverty and health? No I don't see any policies of any of the leading parties, certainly not National and ACT. I, I, I haven't seen anything that uh, means they've got any understanding of these issues and have. I see no policies to address these at all. The families who are in these situations, and of course the, the awful thing of a child having to go to hospital because they're so sick, they're highly stressed. You know, you can't see a physical mark on a person or, you know, that, but that, to be so stressed that you cannot afford enough of the basics and you're having to live in overcrowded, damp houses without enough hygiene facilities for the number of people there. This is a, a terribly, terribly stressful situation. And and we're committing families to to be chronically stressed. And chronic stress, we know, is also bad for your health and can make people sick. So we've, we've really got to make some big changes. And I'm glad that the National Party is committed to halving child poverty by 2028. But I don't see any policies to actually achieve that. That's what we need to see.
That was Professor Ines Asher from the Child Poverty Action Group speaking to me about Te Whatu Ora data showing a sharp increase in preventable paediatric hospital admissions over the past year.